Our call to worship this morning is found in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the state, in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. It's a wonderful thing that our great creator and king isn't too great to care for us. Our next song will be hymn 99, God Will Take Care of You. Be not dismayed, worship betide, God will take care of you. We have two particular prayer requests. The Finnemans are traveling to DC. They're going to be part of a seminar that Mark Finley is going on. They would like the Lord's blessing on that. 
And we are sad to announce that Jerry Baker's son passed away this week, and we want to pray for that family as well. If you can, we invite you to kneel for prayer. If you cannot, please be seated. Father God, we come into your presence singing your praises just because of who you are. The maker of the universe, the Lord of all. And we wonder who we are that you pay any attention to us at all. Lord, we come before you knowing that we have sins to confess and each one of us must do that privately. We confess not because you need to know what we've done wrong. You know we need to be mindful that we are sinners and that we have to ask your mercy and forgiveness and your changing of our lives. And we ask you, as we partake today of communion, the symbolism of washing us clean is just to help us remember how much we need you to change our lives. So we ask you to come into our hearts and change them, make them what you always intended for them to be. We ask your blessing on our, our pastor today as he, he serves you with his words and his actions, and we ask that you please pour out your Holy Spirit on him and give him just what we need to hear today. And Lord, we come before the altar and we put our prayer requests, the ones that we've said now, and Lord, you know, you read the hearts of each one here. We put those requests in front of you, not for help with them, Lord, just you take them, you fix them, you make them what they need to be. Don't let us be involved in that at all, except for being your hands where you want them. Please bless our service today. Let us be happy and leave here with countenance shining because we've been in your presence. We ask in your name. Amen.
Father God, now as we look at your word in just these few moments that we have, we ask for your spirit to come especially near to everyone. Pray that our understanding will be clear, that your spirit will bring conviction, that you'll give us courage, Lord, to follow and to be a catalyst for what your word tells us to do with others. We thank you in advance, in Jesus' name, amen. In England, 1555 to 1558, the reign of bloody Queen Mary, 288 Protestant reformers were burned at the stake. Of course, one of these was an archbishop, four were bishops, 21 were clergymen, 55 women, four children, they included some names that you'll recognize, many of you, John Rogers, John Hooper, Roland Taylor, Robert Farrar, Nicholas Hidley, Hugh Latimer, John Philpot, Thomas Cranmer. Why were they burned by the Roman Catholic Queen? There was one central issue, the meaning of the Lord's Supper. That's how important it was in the day. The question was, 
or the doctrine that was in question was, is it the real presence of the body and blood of Christ? Is Christ actually, is that actually Christ there when they partake of the elements? If you said no, you risked your life back then. Did they or did not they believe that the body and the blood of Christ together with the soul and divinity of Christ were really, that is, corporally, literally, locally, and materially transformed into the bread and wine? Transubstantiation. After the words of consecration were pronounced, it is Jesus, according to that teaching. And if you didn't believe it, your life was potentially at stake. And so that was the issue. Did they or did they not believe that human priests had the power to call Christ down from his throne again and again to atone for sins, not only for the living, but even for the dead? Did they or did they not? That was the single question. If they did not believe and admit it, many times they lost their lives. That was an age marked by brutality. Our age, I would say, is marked by superficiality. Which one's worse? You be the judge. And so is the protest over Over 500 years ago, these issues were around. Have they gone away? The Catechism says this, the Mass is the source and summit of the Christian life. And Pope Benedict said, the Mass is the sum and substance of our faith. Why would it be so bad to believe that God comes down in the bread and the wine every week. Think about this. If the Lord's Supper is a sacrifice, not a sacrament, a few things happen. You spoil the blessed doctrine of Christ's perfect and finished work. When he died on the cross once for all, sacrifice that needs to be repeated is not a perfect and complete thing. Two, you spoil the priestly office of Christ. If there are priests that can offer an acceptable offering to God besides him, the great high priest is robbed of his glory. Three, you limit the agape, this amazing love of Christ. He then didn't come all the way down and die for us and as us, didn't give up his ability to be everywhere at once, i.e. the great controversy understanding of the nature of Christ. God did not so love that he gave, but he only loaned Christ to humanity. The Bible says that Christ, our true high priest, does not need to offer up sacrifices for us every day for our sins and for sins, the sins of the people. For he did this once when he offered up himself. Hebrews 7, 27, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10 also. And so today we partake of the communion, believing that these are symbols, meaningful symbols. It's a special service. Is a special grace imparted? Well, I think angels come especially near when we partake of these emblems, it's special, but it's not Christ himself in person. The Bible says, for as often as you do eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show, or show the old King James word, S-H-E-W, the Lord's death until he comes. So this word, show, proclaim, announce, declare, kataagalo, with precision, we declare, with accuracy, we declare something. 
And so we remember by proclaiming. How is it that we declare with precision the Lord's death every time we take communion? Declare to who? To ourselves and to one another, to the world and to the onlooking universe. It's a bigger picture out there than we would know. We declare that he died and that he died for you personally. That's what you do when you partake. And so today we remember. We remember sin so dark, our sin, that required our dear Jesus, God himself, to come down all the way down and become a man to become the man. We remember that, Jesus, you came as a servant and lived a perfect life for us and as us, and you bore the full penalty of our sins, so much so that it crushed out your life. We remember that because of our sins and the tremendous weight of guilt that rested upon you, your appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and your form marred beyond human likeness. We remember that you grew up from the stump of Jesse. Your beginnings would be humble. You left no indication that you were royalty. You had no beauty or attractiveness that we should desire you. In fact, you were despised and rejected of men. We remember that we didn't come to your aid. In fact, we hid, as it were, our faces from you. You were despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with the deepest grief. And we, we turned our backs on you and looked the other way. You were despised and we did not care. You were carrying our physical, mental, and emotional pain and anguish. You were weighed down with our suffering. You experienced sins pitch black in darkness for us. But we completely misinterpreted it. We thought you were suffering and being punished from God for something. You had not done wrong, but it was our unbelief and selfishness that helped us to misunderstand. But no, you were pierced for our transgressions and you were crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon you. And by your wounds, by your stripes or whipping, we are healed. We remember that while we were going our own way, away from you, this is all from Isaiah 53, you might recognize it. Upon you was laid the iniquity of us all as you were being led off like a sheep to the slaughter and you said not a word. Unjustly condemned, you were led away. No one cared that your life was cut short in midstream and that you were struck down for the rebellion of your people. We remember that you are not a masochist or one who likes to feel pain. You're not a sadist, one who likes to inflict pain on others, but one who willingly, gladly, joyfully laid down your life as a payment for us. And the Father, who also is love, was in full agreement. Your life was a full payment for us, complete. In this, you revealed the perfect circuit of beneficence, the law of life for the universe, the law of giving. And we remember what sustained you through your entire life of toil and sacrifice. You saw something, Lord. You saw the results of the travail of your soul 
and you were satisfied. It was enough. You counted your intense pain and suffering not worthy to be compared to the joy of those who would accept and trust in your faithfulness. You caught a view of the expanse of eternity and looking into it, you beheld the happiness of those who through your humiliation had received pardon and everlasting life. You saw a great multitude which no man could number, a multitude of the human race presented faultless before the presence of your Father's glory with exceeding joy. A multitude saved, eternally saved, and your ear caught the shout of the redeemed. You heard the ransom one singing the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb. When God weighed in the balances, the streets of gold, which he came off of, the adoration of the angels, the existence of the universe is really in there. All the riches of the universe. And then even his most prized possession, his relationship with the Father. And then in the other hand was you. And he chose you. He chose you. <clears throat> and so as we go to the foot washing service today, we remember and may we never forget that we have a Savior who is not far away. He's not playing hide and seek with us, but one who is near, always seeking, always ready to save to the uttermost. Let's pray. We'll go to our foot washing, come back for our communion, and then the baptisms will follow. Oh, Father, <clears throat> amazing to our hearts and minds, unfathomable is a love that would love us so. Sinners as we are, unworthy, enemies, strangers, pilgrims, yet you loved us. Weighing everything in the balance, and you know what things are worth weighing everything in the balance. You chose us. To you, it was worth it. You heard the shout of the redeemed looking down through the ages, and you said, it's worth it. I shall see of the travail of my soul, and I will be satisfied. Oh, amazing, amazing love. Indeed, that's what we celebrate today as we partake of these emblems. That's what we remember. And that word remember, we know in the Hebrew mind was not, oh yes, I, seven times seven, 49. I remember. No, no, it's so much deeper than that. It's reliving what was done for us. So come, Lord, and speak through the emblems, through the foot washing now and through the emblems as we return. We thank you so, so much. And may our lives be just sort of a symphony of praise in response to the great love with which you have loved us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Glad everyone made it back. So now would be the time to ask. But I didn't ask last time. Does everybody that wants to have communion, that's partaking with us, have your communion? Does anybody not have it? All right. Looks like everybody's covered. Praise the Lord. Well, this is not now to be a time of sorrowing. Now we have come to meet with Christ. We're not to stand in the shadow of the cross, but in its saving light. We are to open the soul to the bright beams of the sun of righteousness. With hearts cleansed by Christ's most precious blood, in full consciousness of his presence, He's here with us, not here, but he's here with us through his Holy Spirit. Although unseen, they are to hear his words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Our Lord said, when you are under conviction of sin, remember that I died for you. When oppressed and persecuted and afflicted for my sake, and the Gospels, remember my love, so great that I gave you my life. When your duties appear severe and stern and your burdens just seem too heavy to bear, remember that for your sake I endured the cross, despising the shame. When your heart shrinks from the trying ordeal, remember that your Redeemer ever liveth to make intercession for you. At this point, before we actually partake, you might want to open up your baggies and uh, take out the emblems at this time. Obviously, we will do the bread first, then the cup. Be careful opening the cup. <laughs> it doesn't splash all over. All right. Before we do that, of course, we want to have a special prayer. I have Elder Aubrey Porter here with me. He'll have that prayer now. We will kneel. You can just remain seated as we pray. Our eternal Father and everlasting God, what a privilege it is for us to come and to partake of the Lord's Supper, to serve one another, to uplift one another in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're just asking that you be with us. Bless this bread. Remind us that it was broken for us it symbolizes what happened to our Lord and Savior, who for the joy that was set before him, us, he endured all of this. He was broken for us. Bless this wine as it represents his blood that was poured out for us, that blood that washes us and cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. And Lord, may your spirit be in us. May he live through us. And may the world be able to see you because we have spent this time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm using Paul's words, usually do. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is for you, or which is broken for you. You may take the bread.
So this bread we took, of course, in remembrance of him, Jesus. The cup also, the same manner also, took the cup. When supper had finished, this would have been the third cup of the Passover. There were five cups, but this would have been the third. Cup of the cup of blessing, it is called. When he had finished supper, took the cup, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you do eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show or proclaim the Lord's death till he come. You may take the cup. Well, today we remember that our confession, it's from a book called The Desire of Ages, we remember that our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. What did that say again? We remember that our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. We are witnesses for God. And we, uh, we are witnesses for God as we reveal in ourselves the working of a power that is divine. Every individual has a life distinct from all others and an experience differing essentially from theirs. God desires that our praise shall ascend to him, marked by our own individuality. It won't be the same for all. These precious acknowledgments to the praise of the glory of his grace when supported by a Christ-like life have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls. May that be your experience as you go forth from this communion service, but don't go forth anywhere because we have uh, these exciting baptisms coming up. But before we do that, let us just pray to sort of close out this part of this service. Oh, indeed, Father, what an amazing statement that our confession of your faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing you to the world. And so, Lord, may we confess and not deny that you are faithful Indeed, faithful is the one that called us. Faithful is the one that began a work in us. And faithful is the one that will complete it. Thank you for being our God today and for giving so, so much. And now pour us out as a drink offering upon a thirsty world. We thank you so much for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we start a baptismal uh, service, mm. I would like to say some words to the church. Uh, I would like to uh, express my gratitude to the church, especially our uh, pastors, Pastor uh, Rob and Pastor Carlos, and also our church elders and all leaders and all church members. Uh, give me the opportunity to 
serve the Lord here in Tabernacle. And also I appreciated um, Berwick Adventist Academy, uh, their part, uh, the principal and the teachers that you raise up these young people Amen. and uh, teach them and uh, support them in their way they have to go. And also I would like to appreciate that uh, their parents and the siblings that they supported them. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, may God bless you all. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Sumpi, mm -hmm. um, because of your, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior, you denounce the, uh, all the ways that the world and uh, you, you are disturbing in your heart uh, that uh, you are going to live for Jesus. Amen. And as a minister of the uh, gospel, I now baptize you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. 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 Leitung bai khem pe nusiain Nanunta na sunga Jesus nung zuiding Jesus ading na nung tading cha na khen sanna tungtonina Topa solta ke maina nang tuni in pamin tapamin khasang thomin to tui sokong pung ni Amen. 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 So, Tuni in Topa Pasian Jesu Christle Pasiang Tomin to Tuisunga Kong Pung He. Amen. Amen. Luna Nang Maina Itopa Jesu Nang Mami Malgum Padin Sanga Laitung na tenusiain nanuntang na bupto pari na nung tading chin nalung simsongkhen sat na hi manin topasol takahi kay main tuniin pamin tapamin kasang thomin to tuisong akong pumhi. At this time, we just want to give an opportunity for anybody. Um, okay, we're done, right? No, no, that's it. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, is there anybody here who the Lord is working upon your heart, and yet you have um, not yet taken this important step of baptism? Uh, the Lord is calling each and every one of us to take this important step. We must be born again of the Spirit and of the water to see the kingdom of God. So is there anybody here that would like to prepare for the next baptism. Could you just raise your hand and we would acknowledge you at this time. Is there anybody? All right, praise the Lord. We have some people preparing. Um, is there anybody else? Is there anybody who has not taken this important step that would like to? 
All right, just want to give you a chance. Is there anybody out there? All right. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you, church family. Happy Sabbath. <laughs>